Welcome to the SYP Oxford podcast. I'm Charlotte, your host, and this week I'm here with Camille Burns, who is an agent's assistant at David Hyam Associates. Welcome, Camille. Thank you, Charlotte. Nice to be here. Good, good. Um, so you are an agent's assistant. Uh, do you want to tell us uh, a bit about your job and what you do? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as you said, I um, work at David Heim Associates. Um, they're an agent, a literary agency and a film and TV agency based in London. Um, and they've been around since the 1930s. So they, they have a huge roster of clients, um, authors that, and estates and things like that. Some very cool people, including um, uh, Muriel Spark, Roald Dahl, uh, Stephen Fry, um, Diana Wynne Jones. I could go on. It's very, very cool. <laughs> um, lots uh, lots yeah. of name dropping going on. <laughs> exactly. I might, I might be able to shoehorn a few more in <laughs> through the conversation. But I've been there for about a year, and and yeah, I'm an agent's assistant. But I'm actually, I actually have quite an unusual um, job. I think. From what I can gather from other agencies and the, the sort of like the job roles that people have when they're here because I straddle two teams so I'm an agent's assistant on the what we call the primary side which is essentially like dealing with the the English language publishers um, and I'm also an assistant to the children's translation team at David Heim so uh, that means like basically yeah helping the the foreign rights team on the children's side um, sell um, translation rights to uh, all the publishers across the world um, who for the titles where we have those rights. So in, in that capacity, actually, um, we deal with Roald Dahl's um, trans works in translation. Um, so that's actually a huge part of my role, just because, as you can imagine, um, I mean, he's, we publish most of the core titles in about 50 plus languages and it's, it's, and we work on behalf of the Roald Dahl Story Company. So we're kind of, um, yeah, facilitating that for them. Um, it's a lot of things like cover approvals and, and um, yeah, just liaising being, and actually I'd say that a literary agency is really about being the middleman in most of the sort of like publishing scenarios um we are the yeah the, the the representatives of the author for the publisher and so and everything kind of goes through us and then we kind of yeah we facilitate conversations and deals and negotiations um and all of that sort of fun thing that you know it's very much behind the scenes um so yeah, that's a bit about me, but it does mean that <laughs> it's quite a challenging role. Um, it is in some ways two in one um, rather than half, two halves <laughs> making <laughs> one whole. Um, but I think that that's actually quite indicative of agencies in general. Like you do have to be wearing lots of hats and we tend to be smaller um, outfits. And so, you know, that there is, there is quite a lot of work all the time. Um, but I, I, what I really like about it is I hadn't really done any work in translation rights before. I hadn't also, I hadn't really had much experience in an agency either. So I'm getting a real sense of both of those worlds, which I think would come in handy um, even if I went on to be an agent and, and not a translation rights um, person. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds like a very, very busy and exciting job and lots and lots of different things. So yeah. what kind of things do you say an agent's assistant actually does sort of on a day-to-day basis in the office? Well, I'm going to try and make this sound not too boring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you, you know, truthfully, it is a lot of admin. Um, we are essentially the the what makes the agency run other than perhaps the accounts team who you know who who do all the sort of like money side um we are the ones who are um, maintaining lots of schedules making sure that um uh reviews are logged um uh liaising with the agents and and the authors to make sure that schedules are kept up to date um on the translation side um you know we're communicating with with scouts and with um, publishers um, in our various markets about communi- telling them about our titles and then negotiating deals often. Um, I'm trying to think about what I did today to give you a, a, a sense, but yeah, like um, a lot of working with contracts, um, working with spreadsheets and and also a lot of reading. So you do get to read lots of manuscripts and it depends on which agent you're working for and the way that the agency works. But there is a lot of scope for for reading and for writing reports and, and for building your own sense of what you are interested in um in terms of publishing and and where you might take that um in your future career as well yeah definitely i think i didn't being a working in an agency it's like one of those jobs that i guess it's kind of it's a bit of a vague yeah so i know that people do it (laughs) i've never really kind of thought too much about what what someone working in an agency actually does and it sounds like actually for a for a job early on in your career you kind of seem to be doing a bit of everything so something I think the skills that could be good for editorial for marketing for rights um, yeah yeah definitely it's it is quite a nebulous sort of like area and one you know in agencies um in the publishing industry at the moment we're having to sort of deal with how we make agenting and being an assistant in an agency of something that people think of when they think of publishing you know most of the general public have no idea that we exist um uh i often have to say you know kind of like an actor's agent you know what an actor's agent does and (laughs) and, you know as a way to sort of explain what i do um or what the company does um but yeah like i think as a as as a way to get lots of skills and you know you're you're it's a very fast paced sort of environment and you are learning a lot um definitely so a, a really good sort of overview of 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 the publishing industry in general and also you're sort of like tapped into the sort of conversation from the publishing conversation um from a really interesting angle um because you have to be really aware of what's popular at the moment often as part of our role we have to read the newspapers which is quite a nice part of of the day um you know read through the review sections and just have a sense of what people are talking about at any given moment if you're say you're talking to someone who was really really interested in um getting into literary agenting um what key skills would you say were important for someone wanting to go down that road so 
I think for an entry level role, it's very similar to the kinds of skills that that are required in most publishing, sort of like sort of like first run, but but probably especially in sort of editorial maybe, but organization definitely you need to be really good at at um taking in a lot of information and and making it um so that you're able to to sort of parse that i suppose you know keep a keep a track of of everything that's coming in and and going out um it's kind of like a timekeeper <laughs> um uh, i think that you know, as I just, as I, as I think is quite obvious in the way that I just explained the kinds of day-to-day um, uh, tasks, um, really you just need to be quite familiar with an office environment. So if you have like, you know, it sounds very basic, but, you know, practice um, Excel skills, like make sure you know your way around a printer, although that's, you know, maybe not so much needed at the moment when we're not in offices, but, you know, um, but also um, communication. So you absolutely need to be able to sort of write very well in your emails and, and also communicate in person um, in terms of how to, to pitch um, uh, titles or projects to other people and um, so have enthusiasm as well. Also, I would say that because in an agency, it's often a very small team. Um, it's not got the huge sort of like juggernaut of a publisher behind it. So there, there isn't a social media team. There isn't a marketing team. You know, if you can have those kinds of skills as well, um, an ability to do Twitter, um, to like, you know, um, put interesting posts on Instagram, like just have a bit of a knowledge of social media so that you can help. Because so at David Hyam, all of the agency assistants have access to the David Hyam Twitter accounts. And if there's something that that we see that we want to tweet or something specific to our agents or our authors, um, then we put those on there. So having, yeah, having a knowledge and, and actually like a passion for that kind of thing can be very helpful. If, if you're someone who can put your hand up and say, I'm actually really good at Twitter <laughs> and I have the time to help with this, you know, if you can pitch in in any way, um, in any sort of like aspect of, of an agency's day-to-day sort of like workings, I think that would, that would um, uh, be really useful. One thing I will say though, is that, so when I did, um, um, I did a publishing masters um, years ago now, and um, and also like just I've been in publishing for quite a while before I came to an agency, and I had always dismissed the idea of becoming an agent because it had always been pitched to me, and and I'll and I'll add that actually, it wasn't something that was talked about that that much, and I think if it had been presented as a viable option, I would have maybe got here a bit sooner than I did. But it was always sort of like explained as you needing to have, be really confident, be able to like, you know, um, uh, be a whiz at negotiating, be very, very firm and, you know, have these, just be very, what I saw as extroverted and um, very outgoing and just like a big personality, which I just didn't think I had. Um, I just don't think that that's the case. Um, you know, uh, as long as you're able to be passionate about the projects 
Um, as long as you're able to do the work in terms of understanding the contracts um, and, you know, recognize that actually the people that you're negotiating with are actually quite similar to you. They're not some big, scary person that's got, you know, that's not going to, to like be fair or be able to negotiate with you. Um, you know, you don't need, you don't need to be someone super, super confident and, and um, outgoing to be successful in, in an agency. So don't discount it, I would say. <laughs> don't know about you, but majority of people I've met in publishing are all really lovely. So exactly. <laughs> we are yeah, scary. I, <laughs> I, I remember the first time I went to a, a book fair as like as an agent so actually going to sort of rights meetings um <laughs> I remember just being so surprised that everyone seemed very like me like quite you know not quite shy like um just quite quite ready to just read the blurb in the rights guide and you know that was all that was required and and so it, it was I was expecting like I don't know something out of Mad Men <laughs> and it just you know it was just very bookish um so yeah, I would definitely like, yeah, as I said, don't discount it. Um, all kinds of personalities are required in all kinds of roles in publishing. As you've actually already mentioned, you've come to working in a literary agency after trying out on a couple of publishing hats. So you started off in, in editorial and then moved into, into a more rights um, focused role. What was it that actually because you said that you'd been the portrayal of, of the role of a literary agent wasn't something that fitted you how did your mind change on that what what brought that to light for you so I had always wanted to work in publishing well when I was a teenager and sort of thinking about how to um what to apply for at uni and what job I wanted after I had discounted being a ballerina and archaeologist <laughs> I settled on I, I sort of like I had this very sort of like um moment where I just sort of said to myself what do you like to do Camille <laughs> and I and my this sort of like teenage Camille was like I want I like to read I'd like to be able to read for a living and so it's quite funny thinking back on that because um I had this idea that publishing was just a, an industry in which you would just get to sit in an armchair by a fire and read books and I was like yep that's definitely oh, for me <laughs> yeah so obviously that's not the case but I I think because I was thinking quite traditionally I I sort of I'm quite I'd say almost pragmatically about what I would need to do in order to get into publishing, but I'd say prim naively pragmatic. Um, I sort of did English literature and then I did um, a publishing master's. And then I sort of, the choices that I made post my, um, my publishing degree were quite strategic. Um, well, or the, so I was based in Scotland and um, there weren't a huge number. My my key my key interest was in children's publishing, but I I already at that point I was kind of quite aware that basically everybody, when you ask them when they're young and they want to work in publishing, that's the area they want to work in. So it's extremely competitive, and there aren't a huge number of children's publishers in Scotland. Um, and I needed to choose a placement um, as part of my publishing degree and. At the time I was living in Glasgow and commuting into Edinburgh 
Um, so I basically chose a placement that would allow me to stay in Glasgow for the 10 days that, um, that the placement would, would last for and then, and then, you know, allow me to save a bit of money. So from that, I ended up at Hodder Gibson, which is a Scottish sort of schools publishing arm of Hodder Education. And from that 10-day um, placement, they, I was lucky in that it was a year of quite big curriculum change in Scotland, and so they needed more people. It was a tiny, tiny editorial office. There were only five people. But they asked me to come back, um, and I ended up doing seven months there. Um, and from that, I sort of, once that contract had ended, I was like, right, I need to get towards London <laughs> because that's where publishing is. But that's quite an expensive thing to do. And I don't have, you know, I, I, again, I was thinking about how competitive it was and I just kind of applied for everything, literally everything under the sun that I thought was relevant to my skills and, and my interests. And I think it just so happened that there are more roles available in academic publishing and in editorial. Um, and, and also um, they tend to be a little bit better paid in academic publishing. I mean, um, not always, but that's been my experience. And so, yeah, I, I ended up getting a job at Routledge um, who are based in Didcot near Oxford. And so I did three years in editorial at Routledge um, and I really enjoyed it, um, but I was quite sure that academic publishing wasn't really what was for me. But what I was very sure of was that while I was at Routledge, I had the opportunity to um, do a bit of my own commissioning, um, to speak to, to, to sort of start to build a sort of list of, of I was working in language learning, so it was um, language learning titles, textbooks, um, research um, uh, titles, which we called monographs. Um, and so I was able to talk to authors about the gaps in the market, about their interests, all that sort of thing. And I really enjoyed that part of it. it that felt very creative to me. Um, being able to analyse like the, the, the state of the schools and, and university publishing and, and come up with ideas that I could then discuss with experts um, in their fields and and sort of like shape their ideas to you know there's there's a very sort of like lovely kind of symbiotic relationship in, in those in that kind of um field so I kind of thought that a literary agency in trade because I wanted to move into trade um and I my experience was that moving from editorial um in academic into editorial in trade was very difficult um even if i mean i could go on and on about this but but <laughs> that um you know the skills are very much the same i'd by that point i had about three and a half years of editorial experience under my belt um but yeah i thought that working with authors and those skills that i'd sort of like developed while doing the commissioning an academic would map quite well um, in a trade environment obviously it's different kinds of market and different kinds of titles and obvious and also different kinds of authors that you're talking to but the that that dialogue and that ability to sort of analyze an idea and think about what you could change in order to make it fit better or to to make the reader respond to it in a different way i think those are, are the you know 
those are really the same. Um, and so that's a very long way of, of saying that's how I ended up thinking that being an agent, working in that side of things, like pre-publishing, um, pre-having a publisher, working with authors in that space was the one that, that I would find most creative and, and most satisfying for me. So um, that doesn't mean that it was easy to do. Um, even once I had decided that that was what I wanted to do, I still spent many, many months applying for everything I could see that I thought, you know, I was qualified for. Um, and in the end, I ended up leave a full-time contract um, at an audiobook publisher where I was for about a year um, and taking a three-month internship at Felicity Bryan um, Associates in Oxford. And that just meant that, um, it sort of not only did it clarify it for me in terms of what I was interested in, but it also clarified it for anyone looking at my CV <laughs> <laughs> and my cover letter in terms of what I wanted. Um, and you know, it's not something that I would necessarily recommend for everyone to do. And I would say that I'm still, it, you know, it was a paid internship, but it was minimum wage compared to you know a full time wage, which I had been earning before. Um, and I was commuting from from Berkshire to Oxfordshire every day and paying for that um and so in in many ways I'm still financially sort of like um suffering from the hit of that decision but it it sort of like really turned things around for me and you know once I had that under my belt it was much much easier to to go to agents assistance interviews and and feel like I was being um really properly sort of thought of as a candidate and you know I ended up at David Hyam <laughs> and um and I, I mean I would say that that my sort of analysis of the skills required and and all that definitely have paid paid off I, I mean I'm still an assistant after five years but um I think that I've, I've got a lot of different experience and different sort of things to bring to the table and um I definitely know a bit more of what I want in my career as well so yeah <laughs> not time wasted at all <laughs> no I think yeah I think particularly in in publishing people feel that they get a bit pigeonholed to yeah off somewhere it's then harder to get somewhere else that leap I mean of faith you took <laughs> to do to do a fixed term internship yeah. which I appreciate isn't isn't something everyone can do it's um you know, there's going to be a payoff at the end of it. So then that, yeah. There's no guarantee. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And and I'm not sure that there are many on other industries in in which that would be um, almost a you know something that that anyone would feel that they would have to do. Um, I mean, we can talk about this a little bit more later on. But um, at the beginning, when I was writing my cover letters and things, I found that I was apologising almost. I was I was saying. Oh, I've worked in editorial and I've done some commissioning and I've done some marketing and you know I've worked in rights but and and like that sort of like the way I was phrasing that was like it was an apology like I was saying I'm really sorry I've got all this experience I know it must be confusing to, to, to understand what it is I want and and you know it was such a simple thing and it sounds so obvious now but I just really and I I just really took a moment and I was like okay I'm going to stop saying that and I'm going to say look what I've got to offer um and you know be much more sort of confident in 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 what my experience brings to the table and you know 
stop apologizing for it definitely (laughs) (laughs) yes I think yeah I think in in general as publishing people we do seem to apologize quite a lot I don't know if that's just something I've noticed um but Mm. you always think of uh, what you don't have rather than all the vast amount of skills that that yeah. you have and it's change is turning those into into positives yes. rather than focusing on focusing on on negatives I guess yeah I think it's because um you know there are so many other people that it's so hard to not compare yourself to all the other people who work in publishing or who who have all these skills or who have bookstagrams and you know like um a lot is required of of even entry-level co- um, candidates in publishing and I think that that means that you know we have a tendency to worry about what we don't have rather than what we do have um, and you know it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way because if you're if your tone of your cover letter is apologetic rather than confident then you know you're not going to you're not going to register with with the people reading it so yeah a, a lesson that I learned the hard way <laughs> <laughs> There we go. <laughs> giving advice so that other people don't have to learn it that way as well. Yeah. Um, but now, now that you've found your way into 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 an agency, what would you say is the fa- your favourite part of your job that you do? Um, so this is going to be quite an obvious response, um, but <laughs> I do love, given what I've just said as well about what my, where my interests are, but I, I love being able to read manuscripts and think critically about them and, and even, um, even actually read drafts that have editors' comments on them. And I find that so fascinating to, to see what other people have picked up on when, while they're reading. And, and yeah, to, to really interrogate a piece of writing um uh, that's very creative very satisfying um I mean it's not it's not easy all the time and you know you really have to pick your moments when you're reading a manuscript and if it's not a very good one then it's not very fun to read um but you know I think that the thing that keeps everyone in publishing going is the is the um hope that you know the next one will be you're the one that will you know catapult you to success or whatever (laughs) um um, I don't sadly I don't get to do that much reading at the moment in 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 my role and and one of the things that I find quite tricky about agenting and working in an agency is that there's so much of it that's required at different points in the year and and um that there's not really that much time to do it within the hours of your job um, and so you end up doing a lot of that reading and then, you know, you kind of have to also be trying to keep on top of what everybody else is reading, what's out in the market at, at the time. Um, but, you know, it seems like a very privileged thing to to have to think about um, uh, in sort of like those sorts of as a hard thing to do. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd still say that reading is is my favourite part which is good because that's what I wanted when I thought about sitting in an armchair by a fire so (laughs) (laughs) you just need uh you just need the uh David Hyam to install your your armchair and your fireplace to sit yeah yeah I mean uh, sadly at David Hyam there isn't this but but when I was at 
Felicity Bryan, I remember my first day, the submissions manager, Robin, um, showing me the, um, the best chair in which to sit and read in the office. Wow. <laughs> the dream. It was a, that was a, a good day. <laughs> my experience at Felicity Bryan was just brilliant. I, I really, really loved doing it. And, and when I was there as an intern, actually what I was doing all day, every day was reading manuscripts and writing reports. So it was very much a quite an idyllic idyllic sort of time for me definitely <laughs> um and in your time in publishing are there any titles or projects that you've worked on that you're particularly proud of um so <laughs> i knew you were going to ask me this question um and i'm going to cheat a little bit because um <laughs> <laughs> i I I mean obviously there are there are always books that that um that stick with you and you know even I, I remember the first book that came in when I was at Routledge as an editorial assistant that had my name in it um which was just a lovely thing to receive until I realized when I was looking at the it was a new edition when I was looking at the previous edition files it was just um that the author had gone in and changed the name of the previous assistant to mine um, <laughs> <laughs> still a um, moment it's still yeah, names in print. I mean, <laughs> my parents have a copy of that book and everything but um but yeah so there are always going to be books that you've worked on i i think it at david heim it's slightly i think in publishing generally um it takes such a long time for projects to come to fruition that i feel at the moment while I'm at David Heim that I haven't quite been there long enough to have a project that has started when I've been there and that has finished. So I took on a lot of books that the previous assistant had been working on and, and, you know, I've started a lot, but th there hasn't been, there hasn't been one that I can think of that other than maybe, um, uh, we have a, a graphic novel edition of the witches that was produced, um, uh, by um, the French publisher Gallimard, um, which is very, very cool and will be published in the UK by Scholastic. Um, and I do recommend that. And it was a good day when that came in. But what I will say is that actually when you work in an agency, um, and this is true for Felicity Bryan and for David Hyam, you, you get to know all of the books that the agency sort of publishes. Um, it's so nice to listen to conversations by all the different agents and what they're interested in. And, and, you know, actually one of the best things to do is to go into a bookshop and just be able to say, that's a David Hyam book, that's a David Hyam book, that's a Felicity Bryan book, you know, and, and, and that you feel a kind of connection to those, even if you haven't worked on them. Um, and there's a real note of pride when you see them on the shelves. I think that that's probably true, you know, in, in, in any sort of, like part of publishing where you, especially in trade where you get to see them on the shelf but um yeah definitely that and also sometimes when you see a tube poster that has yes. um, either the book on it or or um actually there was one last year for um uh a tv adaptation of one of a david Hyam books that was i Ox um yeah oxford circus station was the station that i was um sort of like going to to go home and it just happened one day that it was right there and it was very exciting <laughs> yeah no, I still remember I mean many many years ago now um I was an intern at um uh, Jackie Small Publishing which unfortunately is now no longer <laughs> Jackie <Liddell's laughs> retired um but it was part of Quarto and I worked mm -hmm. on a book there as an editorial intern 
Um, and then, God, it must have been like nine months later, I was then, I was then working in Waterstones and it came in, <laughs> this book that I'd worked on, my name wasn't in it or anything, but I said, oh, I've worked on this book. And it was, yeah. it was the most exciting thing in my career to up to that point. <laughs> It so, is really I, lovely. Yeah, it's really lovely. You have a kind of connection to those books that, or, or you know, anything to do with that author or, or that author's books. Um, and, and, you know, working, working on Roald Dahl's um, titles um, is, is very strange. I, I always joke now that like Roald Dahl follows me around because uh, <laughs> they have so many, the, the Roald Dahl Story Company has so many exciting things happening. It, um, you know, even even in, in terms of a partnership with um, Kipling, uh, you know the the um, the baked goods like the Empire biscuits and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, in the supermarket. So I can't even go to the supermarket without seeing like the BFG or Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> um, so you know that 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 can that can get a bit funny, really. Like um, uh, it's just a bit of a running joke now. Um, there was even once I was driving through a random village in Berkshire and um it was a village that had um was having a scarecrow festival and one of the scarecrows was the BFG <laughs> <laughs> a very very good life size version of the BFG wow. complete with like snows cumbers and everything it was it wow. was brilliant I took about like I stopped the car and, and took loads of photos of it but um <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> there was a moment where I was like, can I not go anywhere without it following me? <laughs> now that you start working, so if you hadn't been working on it, you wouldn't have noticed it. But now... Exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and again, I mean, I think I said this earlier, but that's, you know, a very privileged, I wouldn't even call it a problem, but, you know, thing to have <laughs> that's a slight um, annoyance. <laughs> But um, yeah, <laughs> a, weird, a weird quirk of your life that you now have to that you now live yeah. with. <laughs> um, yeah. So from your from your years of experience in publishing, what advice would you give to anyone out there at the moment who's looking to get their first job in publishing, or who's looking to potentially move departments as you've done? Yeah. Um, yeah, both of those things are really hard, um, I think, uh, and I'm going to try and not be too pessimistic in, in my advice, um, but <laughs> I, I think, and, and also I, I would just say, you know, take this with a pinch of salt because it's very much just my experience, um, and I think that, that that's the case for any time that you hear someone in publishing talk about how they got there and what their advice would be to, to people coming after them because um, things change very quickly and everybody's different so it's really really hard to have um, to have any specific kind of advice that I think would be useful um, but what I would say from my experience is actually if you have the luxury of having the time to think about exactly where in publishing you want to work um and have the luxury of being able to wait a bit so i felt quite rushed once i'd left holder gibson because i was like i absolutely have to have a job um and so i kind of just applied for everything and i basically took the first job that that i got and i wouldn't take that back because i think that as i said it's given me a really interesting 
trajectory and and lots of different views sort of maybe not views but perspectives on the industry but if i had if i had stopped a little bit um i was living at home so i could have as well you know just just taken a bit of a pause really strategically sent in applications to companies where i definitely knew i wanted to work and in areas in which i definitely wanted to work in which would have been children's editorial i think at that time um uh you know do that um because in my experience it's very hard once you're in one area to move to another even if you've got lots and lots of different skills and passion because i think one of the disadvantages of publishing is that you know there are so many skilled young people um who have and there's always going to be someone who's got slightly more relevant experience to you so in a way why would say a children's publisher um or a children's editorial department um take me for example over someone who's done an internship in children's um so you know you're always going to be coming up against someone who's got slightly more relevant experience than you and while i think that actually um you know that kind of experience can be learned on the job um it's much easier and much more cost effective for the publisher to just take the person who has that's a little bit of that experience already um so i i, I realized that that sounds quite <laughs> doom and gloom but but um you know um that's just my experience it has been very hard um i think that when i was in at university and doing my publishing degree something that i heard all the time was you know all you needed to do was get your foot in the door it didn't matter which door just get your foot in the door in publishing and you know then you'll be able to once you're there you can think about where you want to go and go there my experience has been that that's not the case so you know i would say try and get your foot in the right door um but also so on a different note um i would say be a sponge at work <laughs> <laughs> and by that i mean and I, I realize that that's actually quite difficult in a post-COVID sort of world because we, we're not going to be in offices that much. But I, I think I've learned so much from just being in the room, in the office, listening to what my colleagues are saying on the phone, um, you know, listening to what they're discussing with other colleagues, um, being present in meetings with authors and, and sort of like, you know, really paying attention to how they speak to them and the kinds of things that they say. Um, and I would say, if you can, ask your line manager to be copied into as many emails uh, that they send as possible, because like I've just, I just used that so much um, in terms of knowing how to respond in a specific situation or even, you know, just as a learning tool, I think it's, um, you know, uh, one that isn't really talked about that much, but is so, um, beneficial you can save those emails but i think actually you just learn by being exposed you know to those to that way of communicating and 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 all of that um so yeah if you can <laughs> be a sponge <laughs> <laughs> i like that i'm going to put that put that over my desk now <laughs> <Be a sponge. laughs> 
um, but no I, I mean I agree I mean as you say everyone's everyone's experience has been is very different that's definitely one thing I've learned doing this podcast mm-hmm. and speaking to speaking to lots of people about about their their experiences in publishing but yeah no I, I definitely agree just anywhere you can get exposure um yeah yeah you can and um yeah I would say actually specifically if you want to get into an agency be an agent's assistant um uh practice writing um uh reports so book reports uh, or manuscript reports um which is so a little bit more than just doing a review that you would for the general public you know so so have a look at the kinds of reports that that people might do in a in a publishing setting think about the kinds of um, comparisons that you could make to titles that are already available in the market. Think quite critically about the manuscript. If you can, if you have a thought about, or even, or the book, (laughs) even if it's a published book, if you have a thought about what you would have done differently in terms of structure or characterization or anything, you know, practice writing that out um, because that's really, really, um, you know, that's invaluable. um, And you'll, you'll need that basically throughout your whole career. In, in an agency excellent piece of advice and uh, if anyone wants to hear more about book pitching we also did I've done an episode with James Spackman who talks about his uh, project the book pitch doctor um, which is all about um, uh, basically selling 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 a book basically and how to how to how to do that so that's that's very helpful as yeah. well um, I think you definitely learn by doing as well you know, so you'll, you'll, you might, your first one might be a bit rubbish, but you'll get better at it. And, and, you know, yeah, <laughs> it same, will come. It's the same with, en- with any skill, practice, practice, practice. Exactly. practice. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me to have this chat, Camille. It has been lovely talking to you. Um, all right. Um, and thank you very much for listening and I hope to see you all again soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the SYP podcast and hopefully we'll see you again soon. Don't forget to check out SYP Oxford on Twitter at SYP underscore Oxford and on our Instagram as well, where we have some great mini book reviews to give you some reading inspiration. To keep up to date with all things SYP, please sign up to our newsletter on the SYP website at thesyp.org.uk. Can't wait to see you guys again soon.